0: If you've got your Bibles, would you turn with me to John 14, please? <clears throat> John chapter 14. And we're going to read the first six verses, and I, I think it's nice what Timothy's been doing that we all stand to the reading of God's word. So would you mind all standing again, please, for the reading of God's word? And Jesus' words, it's root red in my Bible. He says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how canst we know the way? Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Friends, there's only one way to Christ. There's only one way to get into heaven. There's only one way to reach that eternal glory. And that is through the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no other way Hear me very clearly this morning, friends. There's no other way. Buddha can't do it. Hare Krishna can't do it. Muhammad can't do it. Your drinking, your drugs can't do it. There's only one way. And that's through the Lord Jesus Christ. You just need to repent. And you need to put your trust in him. For he is the way. He is the truth. And he is the life. Amen. You may be seated. Father, we thank you this morning, Lord, that you sent your son to die upon Calvary's tree for poor, wretched men like me. Lord, I thank you that, Lord, when I had no hope, Lord, I thank you that you gave me hope. I thank you that you came into this weary soul, Lord, and you lifted me. Heard of that Mary clay and you set my feet upon the rock, Christ Jesus. I thank you, Jesus, that you are the way, the truth, and the life. Lord, I pray this morning, Lord, that some weary soul, Lord, God, would come and, Lord, find their peace and find rest in thee, O God. Yes, Lord. O God, I pray. Lord, would you have your way this morning? Would you touch these lips? Lord, with the cold of the altar, Lord God, would you open up our ears, Lord, and would you open up our hearts, Lord, just to receive thy word, Lord, I do believe, Lord, that it's a word for someone. But Lord, I know it's a word for someone or someone's here this morning, Lord. Lord, just anoint your word and bless your word, I pray. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. You know, John 14, in those first four or five verses, they're very, very well-known portions of scriptures. I'm sure almost all of us have, have, have heard these scriptures and, and we've heard them being preached, especially at a funeral. I know for the, for the many funerals that I've taken that I've preached these words at, at those funerals, they bring comfort. They bring peace. And they bring joy. And hopefully friends this morning with the help of the Holy Ghost that's what I want to do this morning to bring comfort, to bring peace and to bring joy. For God knows we need it. God knows we need it. In this hour and in this day. For friends whether whether you want to believe it or not We're living in a day of trouble. Amen. Amen. We're living in a day of trouble. You know, I, I know that this has been said many, many times by many different people, but I'm going to say it again. And I don't believe it's hype. I don't believe it's exaggeration. But friends, we, that's you and I, the people of this world, we have never seen or we have never experienced as to what is happening or what is going on in our world today. Friends, we've never been around these corners before. We've never been to the places where our world is going to today. Yes, there's been flus. Yes, there's been pandemics before in our world. And I spoke about them a few months ago, but friends, there's been nothing. There's never been anything like what is happening today that is affecting every area and every strata of society. Right from one end of the world, right to the other end. It's reaching right to the to the rich man in his palace, right to the poor man out in the streets. You know, friends, I can't think of any country, any country in this world that has not been affected in some way. There may be some, I don't know, but I can't think of any. Friends, please hear me this morning very clearly. I'm not trying to depress you. I'm bringing reality because that's what we need. That's what the people of this world are looking for, reality. I'm bringing reality. Friends, we're living in a day of trouble, whether it be from a virus or from any other type of trouble or affliction. You know, Someone once sang, the days, they are a-changing. But friends, hear me, not for the good. The days, they are a-changing, but not for the good. Do you know what Job said? In Job 5 and 7, he said this. Yet man is born under trouble. As the sparks fly upward, he said again in Job 14 and 1, Man that is born of a woman is of a few days, but what? But full of trouble. King David, when he was fleeing from his own son, imagine that. Imagine having to flee from your own son. Imagine fleeing for your life from your own flesh and blood. But King David said, Lord, Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. He said again in Psalm 9 and 13, have mercy upon me, O Lord, and consider my trouble, which I suffer of them that hate me. In Psalm 31 and 9, he cries again unto God, have mercy, have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I'm in trouble. For I'm in trouble. Mine eye is consumed with grief, yea, my soul and my belly. Ezekiel 7 and 7 says the morning the morning is come unto thee O thou that dwellest in the land and he's talking about you and me. The time has come the day of trouble is near and not the sounding of the mountains. And finally in Zephaniah 1 and 15 it says this that the day the day of wrath, the day of trouble and distress, a day of wasteness and desolation, a day of gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness. Surely, friends, with everything, with everything that's happening in our world today, the virus, the economic situation, the fires, if you're watching your news, The fires that are raging across this world. The floods, the storms, the hatred, the bitterness, the lawlessness. The disregard for life. Especially that that life in the womb. The disregard for life. The rise of that LGBT crowd or whatever you call it. And a myriad, a myriad of other things. Friends, there can be no doubt that this world is in trouble. We're living in a day... Of trouble. And you know, friends, we can narrow that down again. We can narrow that down to the individual. We can narrow that down to lives, individual lives, individual families, trouble in the home, trouble in the workplace, worries, fears over unsaved loved ones, over sick loved ones, over our financial situation, our job situation, over this virus. Is it going to get into our homes, amongst our families, or even, God forbid, is it going to get into the church? Friends, hear me, these are all very real situations. I mean, we can't, we can't bury our head in the sand from it. These are all very real situations that we're living in and living with today. Troubling times. Troubling times. No one, friends, no one is immune from trouble. You hear that this morning? No one, no one is immune from trouble. You know what Jesus says in Matthew 5 and 45? He says that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. That's those of us who are born again. That's those of us who've been washed in the blood. That's those of us who've committed our lives unto the Lord Jesus Christ. That ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For what? For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good. And he sendeth rain on the just, and on the unjust. You know, friends, we may be the children of God, but it's still going to rain on us. Do you understand that? We may be blood-bought, but hear me, it's still going to rain on us. I mean, how many believers do you know that can say that they've never had trouble come into their lives? Whether that be by sickness or by death or any other circumstance that that this world or the devil may throw at them. Friends, there's none. Hear me, there's none. There's absolutely none. And you know, friends, by the way, that not every trouble, not every trouble that comes into your life is brought about by the devil. How many know that? Not every trouble that comes into your life is brought about by the devil. Now some people will blame the devil in absolutely everything, but friends, that's just not true. Timothy, that's not true. It's not true. You know, the story goes of a man who was walking past a church and he sees the devil sitting at the top of the steps of the church and the devil's crying his eyes out and he says, the devil, what's wrong with you? And the devil says, They're blaming me and everything in there. They're blaming me and everything in there, and I haven't done anything. I haven't done anything. Yes, friends, the devil does come. And he brings trouble. And he wreaks havoc in our lives. But, friends, hear me sometimes. It can be by our own stupidity, it can be by our own rebelliousness and our own disobedience. Sometimes it can come from God for a test. To test us to see whether we really are in the faith. Look at Job. Look at faithful Job. Or sometimes, friends, it can just be the rain falling upon us. Have you ever thought about that? Sometimes it can just be the rain falling upon us. No rhyme, no reason to it. Why did that happen? Why did this happen? It's just the rain. It's just the rain falling upon us. But friends, hear me this morning. The question really is it's what we do. It's what we do when the trouble comes. Amen. It's what we do when the trouble comes. Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. You know what that means, a troubled heart? A troubled heart? It means a state or condition of distress or anxiety. It means upset, pain or worry. Or to cause inconvenience or discomfort. Matthew Henry puts it this way about that word troubled. He says, be not so troubled as to be put into a hurry and confusion like the troubled sea, like the troubled sea when it cannot rest. And I'm sure we've all seen pictures of that troubled sea when there's a storm upon it. It's rearing up, it's foaming up. It's going backward and forward, it's spinning in and out. It doesn't know what way to turn. It, It just looks like complete confusion upon it. That's what our hearts are like, friends. That's what our hearts are like when there's trouble upon it. And remember, friends, our hearts, our hearts, they are the center. It is the center of our being. It's the very core of who we are. The book of Proverbs says this. Keep thy heart. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. For out of this heart, out of your heart, are the issues of life. You know, friends, the heart, and Timothy touched a bit on it last week, but the heart is the wellspring of desire and decision. It's the depository of all wisdom and the source of whatever affects your life. And character, it is as the philosophers say, the first that lives and the last that dies. The heart, the first that lives, we beaten heart, and the last that dies. You know, many contemporary people would say the head with its brain. They say that that would be the center or and director of all human activity. But however, the Bible speaks of the heart as the centre. The Word of God speaks as the heart as the centre. For out of it, out of the heart, are the issues of life. You know, as long as that heart is beaten, as long as that heart is pumping blood all around our bodies, and as long as that heart is capable of propelling that blood and, and to keep it flowing, right around our bodies, then, friends, life continues. Life continues. Now, as that heart is the fountain or the pump, whence all the streams of light proceed, then, friends, care, care must be taken that that fountain or that heart be not stopped up or injured. And how do you injure or stop up your heart? Well, it's usually by a heart attack. A lot of you doctors and nurses maybe in here would know that. It's usually by a heart attack, which is caused by the blood supply that flows around the heart, suddenly being stopped, suddenly being injured and cut off. And then what happens? A blood clot forms. And a blood clot happens when, you, when the arteries of your heart, they become blocked up. They become blocked up. They narrow and that stops the flow of blood or oxygen getting to your heart, which leads to a heart attack. How do your arteries narrow? How do they block up? By taking too much salt and sugar and, and, and fat. So you need to cut down your biscuits and your buns and your potato crisps and your fish and chips. Amen. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> I need to cut down on my biscuits and my buns. So I <laughs> fish and chips a fish supper last night. <laughs> So I did. <laughs> <It> did. <laughs> but friends, there's a spiritual principle here. There's a spiritual principle here. When that spiritual heart is troubled, when trouble comes upon that heart. and we allow that trouble to control us, and we allow that trouble to dictate to us, then those streams of the spiritual life that flow vertically from God and from and horizontally from us out to our own brothers and sisters out to a lost world. When, those, when they become blocked, when they become hindered, then sooner or later, friends, everything starts to dry up. Everything starts to dry up. That heart starts stops pumping. The oil of the Holy Spirit stops flowing. And then everything becomes mechanical. Have you ever been there before? Everything becomes mechanical. And before long that heart becomes cold. It becomes hard. Just like a stone Ronnie, Just like a stone. In Zechariah 7. Zechariah speaks the word of the Lord. Unto the children of Israel. They were being disobedient. They were being rebellious. They refused to hearken to the word of the Lord. It says that they pulled the shoulder away. They pulled the shoulder away and they stopped their ears. They stopped their ears from hearing the word of the Lord. In verse 12 of Zechariah 7, it says, Yea, they made their hearts as an adamant stone. An adamant stone. Lest they should hear the law and the words which the Lord of hosts has sent by his Spirit, by the prophets. It says that they made their hearts as an adamant stone. You know, an adamant stone can also be translated as a diamond. A diamond. The hardest substance in nature. An adamant stone. Like a diamond. Hard as anything. Moses, they say, used an adamant stone in hewing the stones for the two tables of the law and in the fitting of the precious stones in the ephod. And Solomon used it in cutting the stone for the building of the temple. It is said to be so hard that that it cannot be broken even by iron. Hard. Hard. Hard as a rock that adamant stone friend, you know, as hard as that adamant stone is, the naturalists tell us, they say it can be softened. It can be softened by what, you may ask? It can be softened by the blood of a goat. Think about it. Imagine that. Imagine hard, hard, like a diamond. Hard as anything but softened by the blood of a goat. And friends, this thought occurred to me. So the blood of Christ. So the blood of Christ, which when sprinkled upon that heart and upon that life, and there's a sense of forgiveness by it, then it softens. It softens that heart. It softens that life. Isn't that just beautiful this morning? Think about it. That as hard as that heart is, when the blood of Christ is applied, it immediately softens. It immediately softens. Friends, how many know what I'm talking about this morning? Brent, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about this morning. Timothy, Elaine, I'm sure you all know what I'm talking about this morning. You know, see, before I get saved, my heart, what as hard as that? My heart was so hard. It was as cold as ice. But you know something, friends, on the 17th of September, 1989, when I asked the Lord Jesus Christ into my heart, when that blood of Christ was applied to my heart, you know what happened? My heart just melted. My heart just melted in his hands. It melted. It softened. It melted. Thank God that he took away that stony heart. And what he gave me? He gave me a heart of flesh. Amen. He gave me a heart of flesh. Praise his name. Amen. But you know, Jesus said. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, then believe in me. And you know, friends, that trouble, that trouble that come in to your heart and into your life, it may not be sin. It may not, it may not be any besetting sin which you can't kick or you can't break. But you know, friends, it could be. It could be just a difficult circumstance, a difficult experience that you're going through and you just find it hard to deal with. You just find it hard To get your head around. And it's causing you trouble. In your heart. And in your mind. Or as I said earlier on. It may be a problem in your home. It may be a problem in your workplace. And you just don't know what to do. You don't know the answer to it all. Your mind and your spirit. And your heart is troubled. Or even friends. It could be this stupid coronavirus. And you're worried about your family. You're worried about your granny and your granddad. You're worried about your part or, or ever. doesn't matter, but you're troubled. You're troubled by it. Your head and your heart is in a world just like that stormy sea that we talked about earlier on. You know, friends, can I can I be very, very honest with you all this morning? and it's it's good to be honest, isn't it? It's good to be upfront. For after all, we're all brothers and sisters in the Lord. And what is it they say? A burden shared is a burden half, James. I want to tell you my own personal trial that I've been going through. And, you know, I pray in some way you will be encouraged Because, friends, as someone once said, we're all in this together. (laughs) We're all in this together. You know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I've been preparing this word all week, right from Monday right through, but I don't know. Maybe this is the Lord's way of helping me, helping me to deal with what's troubling my heart. You know, as much as you know, my mum passed away in, in May, May of this year, quite unexpectedly. She had been on well, on and off for a year or so, but nothing nothing serious that we are really worried about. I was more worried about my dad, because you've been praying for my mum and dad, you're praying for my dad. I'm more concerned about him. I mean he was taken into hospital last year and they told us this is it. But he, praise God, he pulled through. But you know my mum got sick during this old COVID thing and they took her to the mayor, COVID unit. They said that only one person could go up and see her and my dad and all my brothers and sisters said Stephen you're the one to go up. You're the one that has to go up. Mm-hmm. And as you all know, I'm the only one saved in my family. There's eight. There was nine. But there's eight of us now. So I went up to that hospital, Patricia and myself. Patricia had to stay out in the corridor. I went in, put all the PPE stuff on. And they told me I could only get an hour with my mum and she was in a wee room in a wee tiny ward and she was by herself she was very very restless she was unresponsive she was struggling to breathe she was just flailing about in the bed you know friends I pray with my mum I read the scriptures to her. I sang to her. I cried. I done everything that I knew what to do. But there was nothing. There was very little response. The doctor said that you could maybe even do a a Skype call with my dad and my brothers and sisters in the house. But I said, no. That's not going to happen. For them to see my mum land the way she was. So I rung them up. And my dad spoke to her. Helen. 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 My brother and sister of spoke to her. There's nothing. I rang Patricia up. She was outside in the corridor. Patricia spoke to her. Put the phone up to her ear. There was nothing. I rang her three sisters and they spelled fast. And they spoke to her. Helen. Helen. There's nothing. There's very little response. I prayed, I cried. I don't ever think that I knew what to do. But you know, I could just see her down right before my very eyes. And there was nothing I could do about it. Nothing I could do about it. You know, the nurse came in and said, Mr. Nixon, you're going to have to go. You've been here for three hours. You need to go now. You've been in here too long. My friends, I'm going to tell you, I have done many hard things and came across many, many difficult things in my life. But I'll tell you, that was the hardest thing for me to do. Was to walk out of that ward and to leave my mum lander. there. Nobody with her. I, I got up, went to walk out, and went back down again. I don't know many times I've done it, back and forward, back and forward, and my mum was being restless in the bed. Eventually, I did have to go, obviously, knowing that maybe I'll never ever see her again. With the exceptions of the doctors and the nurses, I was the last one to see her alive. You know, my mum passed away the next morning at 11 o'clock. friend, the turmoil that entered this heart and this mind was unreal. You know, only eternity holds the answers. I know the mercy of the Lord was over our life. I know the Lord makes no mistakes. Sure he doesn't. He knows better than what I know, Timothy. He doesn't make any mistakes. I know that I serve a faithful God. Amen. 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 We serve a faithful God. I know that his ways, his ways are higher than my ways. But friends, it's not how I thought it would be. I'm being honest with you this morning. But then he's weaving a tapestry, isn't he? He's weaving a tapestry that we will only see the finished product when we see him face to face. Amen. When we see him face to face. You know, my prayer is that the judge of all the earth will do what's right. He'll do what's right. For he is faithful that promised, Nicky. He's faithful that promised. Friends, there's been trouble in my heart. I don't tell you the thoughts that have been going through my mind. And You know, friends, I'm no spiritual superman. And I would never ever claim to be one. I'm just flesh and blood like everyone else. Probably more flesh than anyone else. But you know what Jesus is saying to me? And I believe He's saying it to some of you this morning. Let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. Do you believe in God? Do you believe in God? Believe also. In him. You know Jesus was telling this to his disciples. He had just told them that his time had come. That now is the son of man going to be glorified. And God glorified in him. He had told them that the shepherd would be smitten and the sheep would be scattered. He told them that he was going to be betrayed into the hands of sinners. And that one of his own one of his own was going to betray him and that Peter who was in that inner circle with Jesus was going to deny him thrice. Their master, their saviour, the God-man whom they had walked with for over three years and saw all the great miracles that he had done, the one whom they thought was going to bring a great deliverance for the Jews against this Roman Empire, now tells him his time of departure has come. That he should depart out of this world unto the Father. And that sinful men were going to come and take him and crucify him. And I mean friends, what were they to think? What were they to think? Picture it in your mind's eye. Picture it with me in your mind's eye. They're in that upper room just like us this morning. In that upper room. They're around the table celebrating the feast of the Passover. And Christ tells him this is the last time. This is the last time. I'm going to be betrayed by someone in this room. And I'm going to be put to death. You know, friends, I'm sure, I'm sure there was a look of fear that came over those disciples. I'm sure they looked one to another with worry, anxiety, and concern. I'm sure their hearts sunk. Their hearts sunk within. I'm sure there was trouble. There was trouble. Upon their hearts, but friends, here's the good news. Here's the good news. I'm sure that when Christ saw this, when Christ saw their faces, his heart broke for them. he felt their pain. He knew what they were going through. and friends, does he know our grace and our sorrows? Doesn't he know your grace? doesn't he know my grace? doesn't he know our sorrows? He knows not only how we are afflicted, but how we stand affected under our afflictions and how near they lie to our hearts. Friends, he knows our souls, which are adversity. You know, adversity, you know, I like the, 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 the verse of that hymn that says, Jesus knows all about our struggles. He will guide till the day is done. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. Jesus knew that their hearts were troubled. That's why he responded with these reassuring words. Let not your heart be troubled, friends. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, then believe also in me. Friends, many, many troubles come into the life of a believer. As I've said already, we're not immune from them. We're not immune from them. We're not immune from all the struggles and the pains of life. But friends, we have one, amen. Amen. We have one who will be by our side right through every trouble, right through every struggle. For he said that he would never leave us nor forsake us. He said that if we would only but believe, then those mountains would be cast into the sea. He said to call on me in the day of trouble and I will answer and I will deliver thee. You know, friends, we are to cast every worry, every fear, every doubt, every anxiety, every trouble onto him. Because he cureth for you. He cureth for you and he cureth for me. You know, the writer of the book of Hebrews tells us that we are to come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may attain mercy and find grace to help in what? In what? In a time of need, in a time of trouble. And friends, because Christ sympathizes with our weaknesses, you and I can confidently approach the heavenly throne knowing that our prayers, knowing that our petitions are welcomed and desired by Him, our Heavenly Father. Friends, He's touched. He is touched by the feelings of our infirmities. He sympathizes with our weaknesses because as the God-man, he, Christ the Godman, he was on all points tempted or troubled like us we, yet without sin. He was tempted and troubled just like you and me. He went through the trouble and anguish at Golgotha. He went through the pain and distress at Gethsemane. He had friends and family leave him. Even his own father, the heavenly father, turned his face away, couldn't look upon him. He knew what it was like to be troubled. He knew what it was like to be troubled in heart and in mind and in soul. But friends, in it all and through it all, he knew that through this pain, through this suffering, through this trouble, that good, that good was going to come from it. You know, friends, we have to believe. We've nothing else to cling to. I mean, we've tried the broken systems. But, all the waters have failed us with nothing else to cling to. Friends, we have to believe that when those troubles come into our hearts, they come into our minds, they come into our lives, friends, we have to believe that all things, all things work together for good to them that love him and to them that are called according to his promise. You know, we may not understand, we may not comprehend some of the things that come into our lives, but friends, we have to believe that God will bring good out of all our afflictions, out of all our troubles, out of all our persecutions and out of all our sufferings. Friends, hear me. The good that God works is conforming in us the image of Christ that ultimately will bring about our glorification you know, Jesus said again on down in John 14 and 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at that word, you or your, and that, and that paragraph there, and that statement, you know what Jesus is saying? Do you know what he's saying here? He's saying that you am that you, James, that you, Elaine, that 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 you, Jeff and Jillian, that you, Timothy and Nikki and, and Caleb, that you're my disciples, that you, that you are my disciples, you are my followers, you are my redeemed ones, you are my chosen ones, you are my sanctified ones, you that have left all to follow me. Do not let your heart be troubled. Do not let your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid, for I am with you. For I am with you right to the very end. Do you hear that, friends? Right to the very end. Let the sinners in Zion tremble, but let the sons of Zion, that's you and me, let the sons of Zion be joyful in their king. You know, friend, weeping may endure for a night, but what? Joy joy cometh in the morning. Friends, there may be trouble. There may be worries. There may be fears. There may be tears. But friends, hear me this morning. God said that there'd be joy, that there would be joy in the morning. Not, not the joy that the world gives. Not the joy that a bottle of beer gives or a bottle of vodka gives or a bottle of whiskey gives or a tablet gives or, or, or injecting yourself. Something into your vein gives. But friends, I'm talking about a supernatural Joy. A supernatural joy that that world can't give or that world can't take away. A joy that will last right on into eternity. Amen. Amen. A joy. A joy. Amen. You know friends, as I come to a close, let me read you this. And Somebody sent me this on Friday. And it says this, This name Jesus, which is above every name, Calms the troubled sea within. It sweetens every bitter trial. It illuminates every sad and lonesome path. It dispels the darkness of doubt and despair. And soothes the trembling heart. The trembling, my heart's trembling. Friends, my heart's trembling. But it soothes the trembling heart of every redeemed child of God. No one's left out. The only way you're left out is that you're not born again. You've not committed your life to Christ. You haven't accepted Christ as your Lord and Saviour. Friends, you're going to be left out. I'm sorry to say it. But hear me, Christ would have none to perish. He wants none to perish, but that all may find eternal life in him. You know, friends, God loves us. He loves you. He loves He loves the sinner. He loves us. No matter what we're going through. Friends, read the end of the book. We win. <laughs> Read the end of the book. We win. Jesus has overcome. We win. We win in the end. Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Then believe also in me. Amen.